Kara Meek, and I'm the National President for Women's Energy Network, aka WEN. WEN is focused on developing a community of energy professionals across the world who are connected locally and networked globally. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories and experiences of those who are part of our growing community. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Cara Byrne and I'm the WEN National President-Elect. I'm here with Maggie Teleska from Enel Green Power and the WEN Boston Chapter. She's got a great career story to talk to us about, but also a great WEN Power story and how you can use the WEN Network to move on within your career journey, right? So welcome, Maggie. Thank you, Cara. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Well, I'm going to jump right into it. Why don't you tell me just a little bit about, you know, your entire history of your life or at least just the career history so we can uh, get to know you a little bit. Sure, sure. So I majored in chemistry from Boston College way back in the day. I won't say when. Uh, after I graduated, I was in uh, bench chemistry in both R&D and biotechnology Uh, In biotechnology and R&D back in that day, I hit a glass ceiling pretty quickly, so I did have to go back to school for some advanced degrees, and I ended up, I was in Washington, D.C. at the time and went to the George Washington University, where I was on a Ph.D. track for biochemistry. Um, At that time, I had an advisor, and I didn't really click with him that well, Um, and most students don't click with their advisors, and he left to go to Clemson University uh, at the end of my first year, and I decided not to go with him, Um, so I had to look for another advisor, and in doing that, I um, researched the advisors, I talked to the advisors, and also talked to their students. I had done really well in a quantum chemistry class, so I decided to go with that professor, and His students loved working for him and with him, and he was really happy to have me in his group, and so I joined him. He wasn't into biochemistry at all. He was doing work in fuel cells at that time, so I worked on theoretical um, physical chemistry calculations and really looking at the functions on a catalyst surface for the fuel cells. And that led to a PhD, and then I did a postdoctoral fellowship at the Naval Research Labs, also in Washington, D.C. And after that, I went back into industry and in Wisconsin, which I know you're from, um, I went to work for uh, Johnson Controls uh, in Milwaukee in their battery division. Perfect. So I'm going to pause there while you um, we dive a little bit more into your education, right? Because you've got a very extensive education. Not a lot of people in the energy industry have like two or three or four billion degrees like you do, which is great. And not a lot of people come from chemistry. So I see that you pivoted during your educational journey. So why chemistry? What was it about it? (laughs) Um, So. My great-grandmother was Ernie Schaefer's um, assistant at the Schaefer Brewery, and so I always thought I'd get a chemistry degree to go back and work at the Schaefer Brewery in Albany, New York. Anyone who knows breweries, like people from Wisconsin or from yes. the Boston area, know that you definitely need that chemi- those chemical majors, <laughs> chemical engineering exactly. majors. Yes. Perfect. So, you know, I, I had intended to do that, but unfortunately the brewery had moved at that point, um, and there weren't any options in the brewery science at that point, so I went into analytical chemistry at a local um, analytical lab at that time when I graduated. 
So when you went back, right, you went into industry and then you went back into school. And then like, not only that, you had to change advisors midway through what was running through your mind. I mean, cause that's a big career transition just to go back, but then all of a sudden you, you now need to find a new advisor halfway through. Yes. And one in, in, not in the field that I was, I was doing George Washington was a small school. Um, I had all of my connections in biotechnology that I thought I would just fit right in after I graduated. So I kind of was alone again in a new field and had to then reestablish myself in a different, um, academic track and make all new connections, uh, which I did. And it was easy. Um, but yeah, I was going into more of the energy and, and fuel cells and batteries versus biotechnology and drugs and RNA. So that's amazing. I mean, okay, I'm going to give you a little secret here. I too am a STEM nerd. I love it. I embrace my my nerdness, and I have always enjoyed. Well, I like breaking things. You like apparently the composition of things, but it's the same thing. I mean, in the end. Um, and so the thing is, if you were to give somebody an advice to go into a STEM career, what would you give to them? I think follow what you like. Uh, there's many different disciplines within a STEM career. Um, I happen to be really good at math. My mom was a math teacher, so it just kind of came naturally to me, which is why I think I did well in quantum chemistry. Um, and so things aren't easy, but the easier you make them, the more you'll enjoy them. So finding a career that um, you want to do, finding an uh, academic track that you want to do. A lot of people go into biology thinking, okay, I did well in that in high school. I should just go into that in college and, you know, take advantage of a liberal arts education and try different things to see what you like and what you naturally uh, are inclined to do better at. 100% agree. I always say follow your passion, not the money. (laughs) That's my number one thing with the STEM (laughs) career, because you can do so many cool things. And even with just a little bit of a degree, you can go into like amazing different opportunities, not always in medical. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So with that, um, you went into industry again, and now you're in the energy industry as an adjacency. Tell me a little bit about what you did, how you move forward, what your role entails, all those different things. Sure. So in their innovation group, I look for and scout new technologies. And then once we find new technologies, we test and develop them, um, develop a proof of concept, and then find ways to implement them within our power generation work stream. Um, So anything, again, that's going to make the electron stay together, um, not be lost and move, facilitate more through the supply chain to the end consumer. You're trying to help electrons get to the places they need to be to give us power a lot faster. Yes. Yes. Okay. Electrons and they like me. I'm following you. (laughs) Or I'm following the electrons at least. So with that... So Maggie, you're out there, you're in the industry, you're done with college finally. And what are like, how did you find out about when? Because it's not exactly a natural step into a nonprofit organization. You're going to love this story. I was at a Batteries and Brews event a couple of years ago. And the when Boston, I didn't know of them. They were fairly new at that point. But at this Batteries and Brews, there weren't many women. So I was in the ladies room and I met up with Courtney Scott in the ladies room and we started talking and she was the then Marcom director of when Boston. 
I had been writing as part of the expert series, uh, Axios publication. So I was writing on renewable energy and I happened to have written about one of her clients, which was coincidental, but she told me about when and told me I should look into it. And I went home, I joined and signed up for my first event, which was headshots and happy hour. Um, and then went to the, they had a great EV panel discussion, uh, that included some NL, um, women. And then uh, we had a great uh, networking class with Julie Brown, which was just fantastic. So it was great programming. And I was just glad to have found uh, when Boston. Your first three events, you got your headshot, you learned something technical, and you built your network out. That's pretty much a win, win, win. Four months. Within four months. And not only that, it's because you met a lady in the bathroom and just started up a conversation, which is something the men can't do in this room. So I'm just saying when you just sold men when you're the only exactly. one. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You're you're in when you're doing all these events. They're obviously great events. You're you're doing three events, four events in the first four months, which is even better than most of our membership base, right? Because I think most members walk in and they're like, whoa. There's so many different avenues of getting engaged with when. What would you suggest to a new member then for just dipping their toes in? Sure, things are a little bit different now in the virtual world, but um, I think just looking at the calendar and seeing what you want to do and what the other chapters have, we have a great opportunity to go to other chapters events, virtual events, and not be you know only within um, our locations. So like, we're having a uh, elevate your influence later this week. So if you're interested in, you know, uh, working on your, your leadership skills, look for leadership events. When I look at the national calendar, I see all sorts of events for all types of leadership or even non-leadership, um, you know, happy hours, networking. Um, so I think just going in and um, everyone's friendly. We're, we don't bite. We, you know, even in a virtual sense, going into a breakout room, everybody's friendly and um, you can still make really great connections, even if it's virtual. Yeah, I think that I look at when as, as my tool belt filler for those of us that break things, you know, because ultimately, if I'm missing something on leadership, you can find it virtually. And it doesn't have to just be at one Boston, it can be in one Colorado or Houston or, or Chicago or Louisiana, right? And then the second thing is you can expose yourself not only to leadership and networking, but the the really cool thing is all the technology that you can learn about, right? Because you're in basically power cells and, and how to move electrons. I'm in oil and gas and energy and valves too, which has, you know, it's in every part of the energy world, Absolutely. but you can learn about it, right? Yep. That's the cool thing. And makes you a little bit more marketable, right? So with that a little bit here, I know that you have a unique relationship with WEN, right? Because within WEN, you've been able to leverage the network a little bit more than other people. So how about you dive into that story and then we can go into a little bit more about what you've done within WEN as well. I mean, I have WEN to thank for a whole new career that I absolutely love. I now have my dream job. Um, I was in a bad spot last year. I was uh, working in sales for a battery distribution company and it, it, I didn't click with that leadership. I'll just put it that way. And unfortunately it was, it was a bit toxic. And I just remember during one of our board meetings, I was really stressed out and someone asked what's up and you know, I lost it a little bit. I was crying. It just, it was awful. And somebody on that call who worked for the current company I'm working for said, you know, I've never heard of that before at my company. And I thought, 
doesn't every company have people like this that are just mean to you? And she's like, I have never heard that. So as part of um, the Marcom director of, of When Boston, we were working with our local sponsors, which included uh, human resources personnel and some of those calls. So when I went to look for a new job, I looked first for this company because everybody said, you know, it's great there. We love it there. We, we've never heard of the, the things that you had gone through. So I contacted the HR director that I'd met at one of those meetings. I said, I saw this job and I applied for it online. I just wanted to give you a heads up. And he took my resume and, and cover letter. And I talked to somebody the next day about it. And then, you know, a week after I talked to two more people about this particular position as well as other HR managers in the company who had other open positions, I have never felt so wanted by a company. And within a month, they offered me a job and, um, you know, everything was virtual, everything was remote, but I felt like they wanted me. And, and I was so happy when I got the position and I'm four months in now and it's everything everyone said it was, was, and, um, I couldn't be happier. It's, it's a dream job with a great company. I'm not the only female, which is a first for me. And, uh, they're just great to work for. They, they value me. And, um, I just, I love it there. I think some people don't realize what culture means to somebody else. Right. And, and we've all been there. I, I, well, not all of us, but some of us, I empathize with you. I've been there too. Right. Where I'm like, is this the right culture? Right. And ultimately it ended up being, you know, for me, I stayed with my company, but yours was a great transformational journey. So, with that, we've got you just having these real life, normal conversations. It sounds to me like you can be your authentic self whenever you want to here and when. Am I like reading through the lines a little bit too much here? <laughs> I mean, it's it's always great to join a group of like-minded women. Um, when I was in Milwaukee, in fact, um, you know, I was a new transplant to the city. I didn't know anybody. So I had joined Society of Women Engineers there in Milwaukee. And that was a great group as well, where we just got together and talked about things because we were the only women in our groups at that time. And then joining when Boston was just great. I met, you know, I was fairly new to Boston at the time, but just meeting like-minded women and energy and listening to them and being able to talk to them about their companies, their experiences and what they're like. So I knew the culture before I even applied for this latest position. With when specifically, especially in Boston, give us a little bit of the, the outline of the industries that are in play there. Because when people hear energy, they think power, they think utilities, pipelines, fracking, oil and gas. What is when Boston? We have quite a few utilities and then quite a lot of startups um, being near MIT and in Cambridge and Harvard. Um, so Two of our sponsors are NL Green Power, who I work for, and NL North America and NLX, um, which is all under one umbrella. Uh, we have a lot of National Grid members and also board members. Um, and that's obviously a, a utility as well. And then we have just a lot of people representing smaller companies and startup companies, um, a couple of venture capitalists. So I don't know that we, well, uh, National Grid Gas, I guess. Um, but it's a little bit, um, maybe a little just in the, the makeup. So just starting our fourth year. So really looking to diversify our membership, um, as well as our, our company sponsors into other areas that whether it's energy or power, you know, you're moving an electron from X, you know, X to Y to Z, um, you know, whoever's helping do that, generating, uh, distributing or transmitting that. 
It's really interesting because Boston has their own area of, of the niche of the energy world, but they have their fingertips in so many different areas. So you can have a perfect opportunity to learn about so much out there. Right. Um, you mentioned you were the Marcom director. You're talking with sponsors. How did you get involved as when, on the WEN Boston leadership team? And maybe tell us a little bit about that journey and then what your roles and responsibilities were and how, how that managed while you're also looking for a job, right? right. <laughs> Unknowingly looking for a job, I should say. Unknowingly, yes. Um, so Courtney, who I'd met in the women's room while during my women's bathroom networking, which is a great place to network, um, <laughs> she was the Marcom director and she was about to leave her job and go on a round the world trip. So she was not only leaving when, but leaving Boston and the United States and going on her trip. So they needed a replacement. Um, I'd met with Allison and Jesse and they were trying to recruit me to the board and thought that, you know, I could take on that role. I had um, at that point communication. Um, at least writing experience. Um, and so I interviewed for the position after I submitted my uh, resume and uh, Libby and Allison sent me a note saying that I had the position and I was thrilled. So it was a quick uh, transfer as Courtney was leaving very soon. Um, but I'm responsible for all the marketing and communications for Boston. So that's anything on the social media um, especially promoting our uh, events, the virtual events, and making sure that gets out to the entire WEN network, um, keeping active and relevant on our social media channels, especially on LinkedIn, um, and then you know writing newsletters and just keeping the communications to our members um, um, regular and, and frequent and topical. I am not a Marcom person. I've never, ever held a marketing and a communications role, but nobody can ever tell it when I talk to the marketing and communications people. Cause I feel like I'm like, okay, here's our audience. Here's what I do. Here's what I you know see now. Are you, do you feel like you're almost a Marcom person too? <laughs> being in this role I'm on my second year in this position and the first year I was I was a little scared I again I could I was always writing but I never was quote-unquote marketing well I'd marketed batteries but there's a difference marketing batteries yes. and women's energy network not writing a brochure for batteries versus like <laughs> how to get people to come to an event a little bit right. <laughs> but Courtney left me with a great um great resources, a great template. She was very great at, or very good at um, getting everything organized. Um, so I really appreciated that. So it wasn't as hard as it could have been. Um, but I think definitely I still learn every month, every, you know, I, I try different things. I think um, from the beginning, when, if you looked at my posts from January of 2020, they're okay. And now they're better and they'll still get better towards the end of this year. And also we have, I, I really enjoy and uh, appreciate the, the national meetings that we have, that's been great in bringing us all together and uh, even bringing more resources to us, templates, everything has helped. And I think it's interesting because I would never think I'd be a social media guru whatsoever. I still don't think I am. But at the same point, it's a skill set that I learned through when. Is there any other skill sets or lessons that you've learned that you wouldn't have at your normal job? You know, I think working together as a remote team has been one. You know, we we pivoted quickly when, when this pandemic set in, and then we had to get things done effectively as a team that was remote. So we weren't meeting in person anymore, um, learning to run efficient weekly meetings and get things done not in person is, I think, a, a skill in itself. So that's definitely something that helped me, especially going into 
a new job remotely, you know, I think that, you know, that's helped me. And then also, you know, in the networking sense, I've met you guys, I, you know, we, we work together, you know, more of a business situation for when, but then I got to network with you outside of that and more casual. And I've been able to do that with other chapters and when too. So the networking and just making new friends across the the country has been something um, that I've learned to do as well through when through this pandemic. And that's kind of a neat story in itself, right? Maggie and I did not just meet by chance. Like we weren't just set up together like, hey, Cara, interview Maggie. We actually met during a when uh, Colorado peer networking group. So do you want to tell a little bit about that story? Just how we actually met? <laughs> sure. So Sally invited me to the, the, yeah, the when Colorado peer group, which, uh, was wine pairing. And, you know, again, pre pandemic, I would never have been invited and Cara, you're in, in Texas. I don't know that you would have in Houston. Yeah. Houston. So, <laughs> Um, what was it? Maybe a half dozen of us, um, got together and we, we paired wine with cheese and just got to know each other. It was so much fun. Um, I had a blast and and I got to get to know you and talk with you and other members that I didn't know. And, you know, I thought it was great. And, you know, yeah, I mean, who, who else is having fun in a virtual event? Well, we, we were learning. This was quite educational on it top was. of it. We learned that a wine bottle is 12 inches tall. Yep. We also learned that how to get a, a, what was it, red wine out of a white cat? Am I, am I correct in that? Well, was chemistry that doesn't work on cats if you have it's a right. white rug. <laughs> And you spill red wine, like dissolves like, so you can take white wine and get it out. But my story, unfortunately, I tried it on a white cat and it didn't work on the fur. So I just remember the cat and the wine. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And learning. (laughs) And yeah, so we were using the wine bottle as a a measurement tool now, right? Um, For either social distancing at our national meeting. It's how many wine bottles or how much snow did you get? How many wine bottles is it? So... I learned a lot. Exactly. So, I mean, you can use one for multiple avenues. In the, even if they're networking, they can be educational in some way, shape, or form. I've connected with so many people virtually and nationally um, this this last year, right? What can WEN do to continue to help its members in 2021? You know, I think still holding um, virtual events that align with your strategic goals we are still continuing to have our expert series. Um, we bring in experts uh, from the Boston area to talk about different technical areas. We have one on nuclear fusion in two weeks, which is gonna be kind of fun. That's a little bit kind of out there from your normal uh, power generation sources, um, but holding those and networking, um, allowing for breakout rooms, allowing your members to have networking opportunities with one another. And you know, the Career Center, I think is still a great um, opportunity. People are still hiring especially in utilities. Uh, We still need a lot of people in utilities. So having that career center and also you, you know, if someone were to go and look for a job at a career center and see a certain company, they can find when members within that company to do like I did and ask about the culture and make sure that that's a right fit before you dive right in, not knowing who you're going to be working for and what it's like to work for them. Yeah, it's definitely a way to do your own due diligence on the companies that are out there. And for those of you who don't know, when he does have a career center, and we'll make sure to put the, the link to that career center in the notes of this podcast. If you could do anything and when, and you're a new member, what should you do? <laughs> I think you should 
reach out to other members within your own chapter. Um, I've done that at my new company because there's one members there and I haven't met them in person. So I've gotten to know them through the work channels. Um, and I think, and we're all friendly, right? I mean, reach out to me and let's get a virtual coffee, but also take a look at the national calendar. There are great events across all of the chapters. I, I have learned so much this past year. I've tried to take advantage of every possibility to learn something new. You know, there's great events and, and virtually you can attend them and meet other members, just like we all met for, for a peer group. So I think that as a new member, you know, get to know other people and and go to events because you can, and you can go to, you have your net of events is, is much wider now that we're mostly virtual. I will just reiterate, it's not just for new members. I think that everybody here who's listening to that podcast should go out and join at least one event that's not from their own chapter because you will meet three to five other people that will introduce you to three to five other people. And as Tara Meek, our president, likes to say, your network is your net worth, which Maggie has more than proved here today. With that, I'm going to start winding down. I do have a fun pack speed round. And I will, of course, give my answers too, because why not? But at the same point, I'll ask you first and I'll let you go ahead and answer. And I'll try not to comment, which is hard for me. But you can though, it's okay. (laughs) So number one, are you more of a binge TV watcher or do you prefer to watch as episodes are released? Binge, binge, fear of missing out. Got to know what happens at the end. Not only like fear of missing out, like impatience. I would rather know immediately what happened to the person that like they left a cliffhanger on. So I'm with you. So what is your favorite caffeinated beverage? Black coffee. Easy, easy, easy. Yo, I'm right with you. (laughs) It's reliable. It's like black coffee. Give me my shot of Nespresso in the morning and then just keep it coming throughout the day. Yep. So, all right. What? piece of advice would you give your 16 year old self knowing what you know now? Yeah, I think I've, I've talked about two instances where I sought out where I wanted to work and um, it, I was successful in both. One was in graduate school and one was at my current opportunity now. So I think when I was younger, I, I jumped to whatever job paid the most and um, I wasn't too happy at some of those, but really taking the time to, to know who I was going to go work for. And, and also like, just like my um, graduate advisor and my new company, they really wanted me to work for them. And it was, it was a nice feeling and they're happy that I'm there. And that's also a nice feeling. So I think just really taking your time and getting to know the company as they get to know you. I like to say, know what you don't know and be curious Uh, because those two things, like I always come in as my younger self, I would always come in with an assumption. Like this is how it's going to be. Instead of just saying, okay, I don't know the answer to that. So let me ask the questions to find the answer. Well, it was wonderful talking with you today, Maggie. I really appreciate the time. Any last part, parting thoughts? <laughs> I'm just, I'm thrilled to, to be on this podcast and with you as well. So and just to think we just met like three weeks ago. So this is fantastic. <laughs> One's been great for me and I know it can be great for other people as well. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on social media. Guest info and action links can be found in the episode notes. But if you have any questions, make sure you contact us via our website, www.womensenergynetwork.org. Until next time, stay connected. Stay connected.